1: Our podcast, we started to make sure we were watching movies that were on our gap list and not just rewatching the ones that we go to time and time again, what we call comfort films. We'll do that, but... Yes, but we do at least watch one new movie every week. At least one of us gets a new movie. Uh, Sometimes we have seen it or the other person has seen it, but one of us picks a brand new film. Uh, We like to do it to a theme, and the theme for the month of August uh, 2019 is originals, And these are um, original films that we have not seen, but we have seen their remakes. Sometimes they are just for time's sake, like our first movie of the month, which was The Thing from Another Planet. Um, And then other times they're like this film where I'd seen the American remake by David Fincher, which you have not seen, correct? Correct. But we had not seen the original Swedish film, neither of us, uh, for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is what our episode will be about when we get into it here a little later. Um, before we get into the main episode, we like to catch up with what's been going on for our week and then talk about what else we've been watching since our last recording. Um, and Corey, I've had a kind of fun week this week because, uh, I teach film at a high school level and my film one and two classes, uh, and in the future, not this year, but next year, my film three honors class, uh, we, we focus on genre study. Um, It's an easy way to kind of organize film and to give like, it's easy to kind of analyze and assess uh, wise and it's also useful for like screenplay writing and stuff to know the formulas that exist and then how to hopefully uh, subvert or alter or um, pay homage to them properly. And uh, in order to do this, each, uh, each time we have a genre, we watch two films in class. Um, we, we read a uh, textbook that has information, but we, we, you know, we talk about it, we analyze, we try to figure out what the genre entails, but part of the big like, assessment for each genre is they, they pick a film from a list that I provide, and they watch it on their own time, and then they write an analytical essay explaining why that movie fits into the genre, or why that movie does not fit into the genre if it happens to be that, but most of the movies that are picked are usually recognized as part of the genre, but I want them to be able to tell me why. Right. Um, so I got to buy a bunch of movies uh, yes. for work. Not it was not like work bought the movies for work. They're not mine to keep, but That's they so I have sweet. easy access to them. Now, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but uh, I've coined a, a name for like I, I check out movies to my students. Both some of them are mine because I have a big collection. So I've brought a lot of my films in. Um, but I also now have this really extensive collection, which this week's been like Christmas because I've got to open. A bunch of movies like probably a hundred movies in the last two days um and and then add them to like a spreadsheet which then I upload to this checkout service that I have um for like a classroom library basically and um I call this system now burkbuster because of blockbuster um and I miss the days of blockbuster and I gotta say some of my students have really taken to like there's like yesterday I had four students rent a movie and all of them brought the movie back today. They watched it last night. like So it's like, I was really excited. Because sometimes, you know, you get a movie... You and I are really bad about getting a movie and then, like, sitting it on the shelf for five years before we finally watch Books it.
0: Books and albums and everything. Yeah.
1: So I was, I was really excited that they checked out 4 and came back immediately with uh, them today, like, uh, talking about the movies. I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, but... Yeah, this getting to open all these movies and some um, that I've not seen. One of them, I bought. I tried to buy like box sets when I could to like add more movies of the genre. And I found this uh, '50s like sci-fi box set. Um, mm-hmm. It was six DVDs, and one of the movies was uh, the thing mm-hmm. from another planet. So I was super stoked to get that, and it also came with them, the classic '50s sci-fi uh, giant ant movie. And I've never seen it, so I'm looking forward to getting to watch that um, on my in my spare time, which I don't have much of but I do fit movies into my life uh, how's your week been Corey?
0: I'm just really glad that it's Friday and it's over
1: hmm I'm glad for that but not because it's over necessarily although next week all of my classes are watching their first film so that's always fun for me because um, we're watching Jaws in two classes uh, we're watching the Philadelphia story in one class um, uh, Shane which we just watched a couple months ago um, for because they're studying westerns to start off and then uh Star Wars A New Hope because my f- my film three honors class which is my four-year class we are doing a uh, we've never done it before and they're they were one of my first film groups um so rather than uh doing genres which I had not established yet they've kind of had more of a free roam curriculum throughout the years and this year they they requested that we do uh series like film series so uh, sagas trilogies etc and we're starting with the whole star wars thing and our goal is that we'll take a field trip to see episode 9 when it releases in december nice. so my, my week next week's looking pretty fun but uh i think i've mentioned that i started playing magic again uh magic the gathering for those of you uh nerd out there. i'm kidding i am a nerd um and i'm, I'm not <laughs> i used to that. play <laughs> um but uh the new commander decks came out this weekend so our local game shop is having a really cool event tomorrow night um so oh. I will be participating uh um, oh, local cool. there where um well, I don't wanna get like too specific, but um do you know where is Hurricanes there a new place? Is? Yeah, it's brand new. Um well it's it's been open oh. for a few months now. But it's in that shopping center where Hurricanes is if you that makes
0: Is that the wing place?
1: Yes, it is one of the wing places. Okay. Um, I
0: know exactly what you're talking about right on Cyprus
1: yes uh, and it's uh I was avoiding saying the name of the roads but sorry. there you go <laughs> but
0: sorry um, well when I lived there there was like there was a place in downtown Lake Wales that Bill and I used to go to and they mm-hmm. ended up selling and closing and then they became like uh they were selling like cleaners and stuff it became a whole different business oh and then there was a place in downtown yeah in downtown winter haven so i didn't know that there was really new places that's really bad
1: um there's been a a local card shop for a while but it's it's more like just like a hangout spot um this this new shop is a full-on comic book shop as well as like a card and gaming shop um and the owner is super cool and uh he's doing a lot of stuff with like every card game imaginable um and it's gotten me and uh, a good friend of a co-worker and good friend of mine back into magic we, we started playing together about i guess five or so years ago and then we took basically when i started brick reviews i stopped playing magic um and so this is a new thing that i've i've i'm trying to ease in i'm not playing like i was i was playing a lot when i first started um but uh it's a lot... It's, it's something that I can do that's not movie-related, because my, my, my life does revolve around film and um, and my family. And so this is, like, that one hobby that I can kind of break away, and we're, we're playing more frequently. And tomorrow I'm, I'm very excited about getting to play with these new decks um, with some friends, because uh, that's the other thing. A lot of movie watching is antisocial. You know, it's just, like, me alone in a dark room looking at a screen and then writing about it, um, which is... I enjoy... But sometimes, even I need to socialize, and so magic is usually that opportunity for me to hang out with some friends and, uh, you know, laugh and, and get mad at times because things don't always go your way, and I am a little competitive. But um, yeah, that's tomorrow night for me, so I'm excited the week is over just because I've been looking forward to the Saturday uh, all week. So
0: nice.
1: But um, you got anything else? Like the week was over; it was not good. It sounds like. Uh,
0: um, you know I. Um, I'll probably do a write-up again at the end of the year of, like, my favorite albums.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, I don't really know if anybody reads those, but it's fun for me. And I, you know, get to go through my record collection and look at stuff. And uh, so one of my favorite albums this year was, is Iron and Wine and Calexico. did a full-length collaborative album, and it's called Years of Burn, and it's amazing. And I did get to go see them last night, and... I'm old, and I need sleep, and I don't sleep well, so I needed to finally leave at, like, 10.45. They were still playing. Like, they said it was the last song, but they are probably going to come back for an encore. But that okay. was amazing.
1: Well, actually, i if you don't mind, uh, this is usually your area, but I came across an album uh, this week for two different reasons, and I finally listened to it today, and I want to give, give it a shout-out because it's not an album that I think is going to work for everybody. But I don't know if you know, I'm a big fan of Weird Al. Um, yes. And my daughter's first concert ever was seeing Weird Al <laughs> yeah. at Lakeland Center. Um, it was supposed to be Twenty One Pilots, uh, which was ended up being her second concert. But Weird Al ended up coming to Lakeland. I was like, "We're we're going," because I've always, I've loved Weird Al since I was like five years old. My aunt used to play his cassettes for me, and I've I've always enjoyed it. And in fact, I, I very much like comedy themed music. Um, like i I like The Lonely Island. I like uh, oh, Bloodhound okay. Gang, which I, I will argue with almost anyone that bloodhound gang is an underrated band because they are comedic but um uh weird al is you know um he's very much in the comedic community in in la and like a lot of comedians love him but uh if you don't if you know who jonah ray is um he's most i came across jonah ray through the nerdist podcast uh years back before chris hardwick had been accused of things and um I really enjoyed Jonah's uh, presence, and Jonah's a real big music guy, like, that's, he's a comedian, but he loves music, he was also the Bing guy for a little while, um, uh, like, a few years back there was, like, commercials with a guy, like, with glasses, like, talking to people about Bing, he was that guy, um, he is, uh, currently, I think he's still the Netflix Mystery Science Theater 3000's host, um, but... He just did a five-song EP. He has a, a label that he he puts a lot of comedian stuff out through and whatnot. He's used his fame to help a lot of other people. Um, and the album's called You You Can't Call Me Al. And he, with Weird Al's permission, he uh, covered five Weird Al songs. Um, but, like, in, like, his own style. So it's like, pop-punk, almost, Weird Al songs. Uh, two of them I absolutely love, which is the Welcome to Amish Paradise cover... And, uh, oh gosh <laughs> just beat it but like it's eat it um they're both just so great and the whole album's fun but i actually don't recognize the other three songs and i um i think one's dare to be stupid but it sounds so different and i don't recognize it frank's 2k tv i'm not familiar with at all and reptilicus i know but it's not one of my favorite Weird Al songs but nonetheless it was, it's a short album it's super quick it's clearly just like a, a fun thing he did because uh, he's a fan of weird al um and he is a musician himself but uh Yeah, that's out on. I listen to it on uh, Google Play Music, but I'm sure it's on all the uh, the different music services. So nice. Um, All right, you got anything else you want to jump into? What we've been watching?
0: We can jump into what we've been watching.
1: All right. Well, I've seen a few things. I'm going to go first this week. Um, After we recorded Friday, I went and saw "Blinded by the Light" on Saturday night. Which I liked a lot, but I, I had gone in, like, hoping it was going to move me and make it my favorite movie of the year, and maybe into my top ten. It has not done John,
0: that. John, I might have to disconnect right now.
1: Oh. Well, again, it's I don't have anything to criticize about it, either. It just didn't hit me as hard as I was hoping for. I do think it's great. Um, it made me want to listen to Bruce Springsteen, which I had not done, priv- like, previously. Um, what? I... I yeah I've not I mean I've I've heard a couple of songs but I've never really like listened to Bruce Springsteen
0: he released an album just a couple months ago and it's very good guys
1: yeah I'm actually I really like the music and I was uh surprised um but I I also I really like the way she she kind of does uh when I say she I mean the director um whose name I'm not able to pull right away but I'm trying to get to uh Shada which I'm sure I've butchered unfortunately um but i really like the way she she turns blind by the light into like a natural musical like the musical pieces there are moments in the film that feel like it's from a musical but it's done so organically and grounded in reality that it's comedic at the same time as it is entertaining and i really like that um there's at least i think three of those scenes in the film and i just think they're amazing Uh, one's more of like a music video than it is a musical number from like a musical but the other two are very much musical numbers and I really enjoyed that um the movie that did really work for me like way more than I anticipated was Where'd You Go Bernadette um I saw on Sunday uh I am I am a fan of some of Linklater's stuff um I keep kind of being surprised by Linklater like uh when we watch Boyhood I kind of went in apprehensive. I didn't think it was really going to click for me, and it really clicked for me. I love that movie. Um, and I like a lot of his other stuff. There's some of his films I'm not as big a fan of. Like Everybody Wants Some I thought was whatever. I could I could definitely do without. I love Dazed and Confused. I'm a big School of Rock fan. I still can't believe he did School of Rock because it doesn't seem like his. But um, Where'd You Go Bernadette really resonated with me. I love Cate Blanchett so much. Um, Kristen Wiig is great in it, too. Uh, and the young actress who I think is kind of making her debut that plays the daughter... Um, Emma Nelson is really solid. And of course, you got you know, Billy Crudup, who I'm always supporting, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Judy Greer. There's some really solid uh, performances in the film. Um, really enjoyed that. Good Boys, I saw right after. Like I went Bernadette, Good Boys, thanks to Regal Unlimited. Not a sponsor of this podcast, but I'm so happy to have them. Um, Good Boys is super funny. Very, very raunchy. Super inappropriate, but very, very funny. Uh, then next night, I watched The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that we'll be talking about in a little bit. Wednesday night I went and saw Ready or Not. Have you uh got the chance to see that yet, Corey? Yeah. You did get and a chance to see it?
0: And I yeah. Oh. Um we went to see it I'm so bad with days. On Tuesday actually, yeah, I was a it was nervous. a Wednesday
1: release. It was really weird. I don't know why it was a Wednesday yeah.
0: release. And I was having a hard time. I don't I felt like they posted the Times like last minute because I have been waiting for this movie, Mm -hmm. but I freaking loved it.
1: I had a blast with it, too. Um, uh, Oh, my God, and I'm
0: not going to ruin the ending, but the ending was just great. And I love when they, like, masterfully blend horror and comedy together. Yeah, me too. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no. No, no, I just said me too.
0: But I loved it.
1: Yeah, um, I I saw it... uh, Wednesday and um I it's it's really really funny. It's super dark. Um I I man, I, Samara Weaving was really good. Uh I'm not super familiar with her, but Adam Brody um is the brother Daniel and I really like him he and he's super was good. good. Yeah. Um
0: Um she has a, another movie that's on Shutter. Oh. And I'm definitely going to be checking that out. I um i'm pretty excited i oh it's called mayhem Hmm. i'm really glad though because i've been so pumped for ready or not that it did it like actually exceeded exceeded those expectations
1: yeah that's where i feel like i hurt um my experience with blinded by the light because i think i i put that movie on such a pedestal that there was almost no way it could live up to what i was wanting um and I am—I actually want to see it again. I think—I think it'll click with me more on multiple viewings. But um, I'll say, what was disappointing uh, for *Blinded by the Light* though. I was the only one in the theater um, uh, for *Blinded by the Light*. Uh, during *Bernadette*, I had—I was sandwiched between an old couple or an older couple, and then two old ladies. Like the old ladies were in front of me. The older couple was like behind me, but over like two seats who none of them knew it was not okay to have conversations about the movie during the movie. Um, so I was constantly, like, shaking my head and being angry. Um, and then last night, Corey, I had what will probably be an unpopular opinion, but I, um, I'm watching the Studio Ghibli films because of that podcast I listened to, Blink Check, and I watched yeah. Castle in the Sky. Um, and this was the first Studio Ghibli film that I've watched that did not grab me. Uh, it's they're, I'm sorry, I should be pointing. I'm watching how Miyazaki's films, but most of them are Studio Ghibli films because he founded Studio Ghibli. But uh, Castle in the Sky, I, I was kind of like, whatever. Like I just never felt like in on it. Like um, When I watched Nausicaä and the Valley of the Wind, I went into it, because I, I am watching these kind of casually because I'm watching them because I'm listening to a podcast. So like I allow myself to work and stuff while I put them on. But what I have found is they, they pull me in. They pull me away from whatever it is I'm doing and I am sucked in. Uh, Castle in the Sky did not do that like I was not at any point I was just like this is still on like what's what's happening and I don't know what it was that changed um, but it did it did not do for me what all of the other films have done Um, I mean when we watched My Neighbor Totoro and I watched Spirited Away on my own before that those movies both just clicked for me and I really really like Nausicaä and the Valley of the Wind Um, I I, surprised was so surprised at how much I liked Lupin Third, the uh, Castle Cagliostro, which was uh, Hal Mizaki's first film, but not a Studio Ghibli film. Um, and, man, I was... I'm just kind of surprised that a film... I found one that did not click for me, you know? Yeah. Um. So, that's what I've been watching. Uh, I... I've been watching a lot of YouTube stuff, but it's mainly magic related, so I won't get into any of that because I'm already nerdy enough. So,
0: <laughs> yes, sparrows. I'm kidding. Um, so I'm really glad. Also, in that movie Mayhem that's on Shutter, uh, has Stephen Yu Yuan? Mm. Is it Young? Uh, Yun. <laughs> yeah. um. well, from
1: From The Walking Dead, and
0: uh, my favorite from The Walking Dead. Oh, I've seen Mayhem.
1: That's the uh the when, office movie, right? Like they're like in an office building and they everything. They have to f- kill each other, fight each other.
0: Um, because
1: like there's the, like a uh, it's a virus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I saw I ran that. Oh,
0: the... I wanted to see that a while ago. Okay, so that's great. It's I'm gonna watch it now. Um, I didn't realize that's what it was about. Um, so anyways,
1: I forgot. I just... Um, I forgot about it. All, to be honest, until you said him. I was like, wait, no, oh yeah, I've seen this. I rented it. Um, I didn't love it, but it's not. It's bet. It was better than the Belko experiment, which was really disappointing to me. I really wanted the Belko experiment to be good, and it was not.
0: Isn't that also an office building? Yeah,
1: that one they marketed as like office space meets something, uh, the Purge or something like that. That was yep. like their okay. marketing. Yep.
0: Okay. That. So no, I wasn't thinking of Mayhem. That's the one that I wanted to see, but uh, that, I that don't... one was
1: disappointing. I actually preferred Mayhem to that one.
0: Oh, great then. Um. I also, when I was searching to be able to tell you the name of that movie, I'm glad it's not me. I really thought that Samara Weaving looked like Margot Robbie. Yes, Rob- no,
1: she totally looks so like much.
0: Ruby. Like when she's in action in the movie, sometimes she still does, but you can tell that she's a totally different person. But I am glad that it's not just me. Um, also, I <laughs> rewatched Evil Dead, the recent remake. I. Oh love that movie. I don't really know where everyone else stands on it, but I love it a lot. Oh, 2013?
1: For Evil Dead?
0: Yeah. Makes sense,
1: because one of the first times you Uh, you came down, we watched it uh, because you liked it so much.
0: And was it that year or the next year that we got to go to the house at Halloween Horror Nights? And it was so rad.
1: I do prefer the original, though. I'm a big uh, Bruce Campbell fan and ash is yeah
0: awesome. but you know what this one is so like bruce campbell is rad um and i do love the original evil dead but this one like gets me like to my core i had to pause a couple times and
1: yeah i saw you tweeting about
0: that. yeah the body horror is like real like my i was hurting my arm was hurting everything was hurting um and i went to see ready or not and bill went to see that and i really thought that bill was bored for a while but he actually ended up really liking it because he was really hesitant and he was like eh, i don't want to see that let's just go see one Upon a time in hollywood again <laughs> um and then i watched the newest i'm watching the newest episode of Uh, Nosferatu and I think it's really funny that you said that it would be really cool if he looked like Nosferatu the rat Mm -hmm. that kind of rat look because in the movie somebody says oh yeah it's a guy who looks kind of like a rat but he Ah. doesn't look like the original Nosferatu Um, and then really that's it I'm still like plugging, you know getting through uh, Unsolved Mysteries and yeah not a lot well
1: there you go listeners that's what we've been watching outside of the movie of the week um and with that we'll get into the stats or the details i should say of the girl with the dragon tattoo um i will say one little thing though before i get while i'm like pulling up the details uh the peanut butter falcon have you seen the trailer for that no i don't think it, it is one of my most anticipated films remaining for the year it is out but it's in a limited run um and the closest to me is gonna be like forty five minutes away, but it's not a regal theater, so I'm very I'm very bummed that it's not a regal theater because I you know, Regal Unlimited. And I really wish my theater would get movies like that because it it is such a heartfelt trailer. Um it is a Shia LaBeouf movie which I, I know for a little while he was just like he's still a meme. It's but it's mostly older stuff that's just still getting used. But um he's done some really great work and this looks particularly he has two movies coming out actually include well so mad what
0: this is playing at my local theater
1: yeah i'm sure it is and you should totally watch the trailer when we get done recording because it is great um or at least it looks great and it it has a lot of positive buzz i think it was at south by big tuna saw it there loved it um but he has another movie coming out called honey boy which is uh fairly autobiographical he's playing his He's playing the father character, which is supposed to be, like, his father. And then Lucas Hedges is playing current age Shia LaBeouf. And, um, the, the oh, I'm going to forget the kid's name. But he's from, um, he was in Wonder. And he was, uh, Noah Jupe, and he's in uh, Quiet Place, is playing young Shia LaBeouf. When he's, like, on the Even Stevens era of Shia LaBeouf. And the that trailer looks fantastic as well. So Shia LaBeouf's got two Really good movies coming out this year. Uh, one is in very limited release, but if you get a chance, go see *The Peanut Butter Falcon*. Support in independent films. So many of you wasted your money on the *Lion King* garbage um, that Disney has shoved down our throats. Please. Still salty about Aladdin. I see. I enjoyed Aladdin more, but I agree. Um, I, it still was unnecessary. Even though I had more fun with it than I had with uh, *Lion King*. That said, let's get into *The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*. It should be noted, listener that Corey and I watched the extended edition, which is three hours long. Um, which I, my understanding, it was for an original miniseries in Sweden. Um, so it was, uh, two episodes, which is how it plays out on the, uh, the digital streaming. It says part one and then about an hour and a half in, it says part two begins and you get an opening title card. And like, uh, again, I read that that's the way to watch it. Um, i definitely have no criticism about it i don't know what the i don't know what i haven't like looked into what the differences are as far as the extra 30 minutes or so um but this film has a 76 on metacritic a 7.8 imdb user score a journalist is aided by a young female hacker in his search for the killer of a woman who has been dead for 40 years uh stars the now late michael ninquist who you might remember from john wick chapter one he is the uh, big bad in that um, Numi Rapace, who you might know, listeners, from, uh, Prometheus, and she's in some other stuff, I believe, as well, but this was really, I think, oh, she's in Game of Shadows, the Sherlock Holmes, uh, sequel with Robert Downey Jr., which I don't think is very good. Oh, and she's on the Netflix original What Happened to Monday, and the, uh, A- Amazon original TV t- series Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Um, oh, oh my god, I forgot she was in Stockholm. Stockholm was brilliant. Um, that's an, uh, Ethan Hawke movie I saw at Tribeca two years ago. Really, really love that movie. Um, and uh, now I had seen the American version. Oh, sorry, it's directed by Niels Arden Oplev and based on a series of books. Now, um, David Fincher directed the American version of this film, and that stars uh, Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig in the Blumquist and Lizbeth Salander role. And then uh, in the Swedish movies, there is a trilogy. Um, my understanding is, again, the other two movies are also miniseries. It's The Girl Who Played with Fire and The Girl Who Kicked a Hornet's Nest. Um, in the American films, we waited uh, like six years or something, and we had a sequel come out in 2018 uh, The Girl Who. Uh, the Girl in the Spider's Web. And it, it, they recast uh, the role of Elizabeth Salander with Claire Foy. Uh, not That movie doesn't seem to understand what this character is. And it was really, really disappointing. I do own the two sequels for this movie, uh, the two Swedish sequels. I have not watched them yet, but I'm planning on it. It sounded like you started to say something and then you cut off.
0: Oh, I was just looking at uh, the American version and Rooney Mara is like unrecognizable.
1: Yeah, she's great though. Um, Okay, right off the bat, before we, we don't do any spoilers initially. But I will say I loved Fincher's version. I Fincher's um, movies usually work for me. I uh, he's he's got kind of a cynical take on humanity, um, and that really works well with this film. And uh, I wasn't sure if like I like Michael Lindquist for what I've seen him, but like Daniel Craig is a very like handsome, you know, kind of tough, rugged guy. And Ninquest to me doesn't seem like the same at all. Like he seems like a totally different actor style wise. And so I wasn't sure if he would have, um, the same, like if I would feel into him and I actually think he's a better version of the character. Not that Craig plays it bad, but this character is confident, but he's also, he seems softer in a, in a good way. Like he's, um, especially with Elizabeth, uh, I really liked the chemistry between the two in this film more. I think there's chemistry in the other but I felt I felt it more here. I thought it was really strong and much more organic and actually I think it like I felt when watching the Fincher film that the chemistry went more from Lisbeth to Bloomquist than the other way around where here I felt he was very much attached to Lisbeth and she was much more disconnected and I think that is important. I think that works better with the characters that we're witnessing. Um, I think the character of Elizabeth Salander is so freaking cool. Um, she's very much an antihero. I-, I love the mystery this film unravels. I love where it goes. And uh, from what I could tell and what I remember, I've only seen both once. But they are very similar, like, beat-wise, like, plot-wise. There's not a whole lot of difference other than it's in English with new actors. And um, I was that helped me a lot because I was, try, I was trying to do a couple things while watching this because it was so long. I was like, I can't just give up three hours. I need to be able to do some stuff. So I, I'd have to look away from the screen. And with a film where I don't speak the language, that concerned me, because I'm not I'm not getting information. But it was actually I remembered enough where I could fill in gaps that I didn't read the subtitles. And um, I I really and I am a big fan of this like movie like both versions of it I love both um both work for me so much and again I totally get why it may not and I'm not sure where you're going to land on this query because I it's not a noir film but it's definitely got a lot of the elements of a noir film that you often don't click with especially the kind of humanity is awful but I think it might have enough hope that it pulled you back in so I'm curious I love it what are your takes on it
0: i enjoyed it i didn't love it um i thought the first 30 minutes of it was very slow hmm. um but once it pulled me in it kept my attention
1: oh that was that was brief um <laughs> yeah. I, I, before we get to spoilers uh, i will say <laughs> um i i really clicked with this film like this is a film that i wanted i want like especially my advanced students i feel like it's one that, it's thought-provoking and I love the way the plot plays out and it there's like twists and turns but it's very intricate and detailed um it's also one of the more realistic depictions of hacking I think because she's not just like super hacker magic lady who can come up with anything like she actually when when there is hacking it it's time consuming and it's it's not just click a button and it's easy because I think a lot of times movie hacking is like I'm in and it's like what how what did you do um
0: I just broke the whole United States government and got all their secrets
1: yeah, in five it, seconds. Uh, it's like click click click. Okay, I'm in. It's like no no no. That's not that's not how brute force attacks work. But um, and I, I am not a hacker, but I am an IT. I have a master's in information technology, and so I we had to study like, uh, you know, technical security. Um, what what attacks do you have to be afraid of? You know how they work, and um, so I, I you know seeing it depicted it not even like they don't sit with a lot of hacking scenes in this film but it's it's always implied that time passed like it wasn't 30 seconds and she's in kind of stuff um but uh this movie the the downside of it for recommendation purposes is it deals with a lot of dark topics and it does not shy away from some stuff and there are some brutal scenes in this film um but there's also some like great revenge scenes in this film for some of the like the <laughs> earlier brutal stuff that we see, uh, there's penance paid. Um, and that's what I think Girl in the Spider's Web, or whatever the official title is, um, is... it Like, it goes too hard on her being an anti-hero. Especially the trailer and the opening sequence. It's very much painted her like a Batman-esque figure. And I, I don't feel like that's... I don't feel like that's what this movie setting up and it, it feels like they just went and from my understanding the fourth book which that movie is based off of is a different author and they kind of did their own thing trying to make like a franchise out of lisbeth um and I, I you know it just it doesn't quite work uh it's not no no discredit to claire foy who is a talented actress for sure i just wasn't into that one especially as much as i love the, the 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 girl with the dragon tattoo both versions it, it was disappointing. But all right, um let's get to spoilers then, Corey.
0: Guys, from here on out, we're gonna talk about this movie in great detail. You've been warned.
1: So it is long. There is uh no no question about that. And I do wanna say, um, the one thing I really think her hair in this movie is so much cooler than the hair they give Rooney Mara. Um like Rooney Mara looks kind of like a freak. Like her bangs are so weird. Um I think she looks cool as crap in this movie, like, uh, I don't usually say cool as crap, but I don't want to curse, um, I think, like, Elizabeth looks so cool in this movie, like, the, the piercings are there, um, the one thing that maybe doesn't seem like her is the motorcycle outfit she's wearing, where it's, like, blue, um, because it's, like, everything else in your wardrobe is, like, black, why is this just suddenly it's, like, vibrant blue and white motorcycle outfit, but, um, i really uh i thought numi rapace is fantastic in the role um the one thing i didn't mention um, i think one of the scars guards uh, St- stellan is in girl with the dragon tattoo the american version and he's so great um that i, I did feel his absence in this movie uh for the role uh, again listener, we are going to talk spoilers so um this movie takes some crazy twists, but uh, I kind of want to start with Elizabeth's Guardian. So, when I saw the American version, that concept was lost on me. Because, but she had a Guardian? Yeah, because she's 24. And in my head, when you turn 18, you you're there's no need for a Guardian, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it, it is... I, and I've done zero research. This is simply from you know observation, and I think it helped with the context of it being in Sweden. I feel like Fincher's is also in Sweden, but I don't know that it starts in Sweden. Um, like, I feel like his starts elsewhere, and then Craig is brought to a Swedish villa uh, in a similar way. But I could be wrong, um, but Craig is not Swedish. It, uh, neither is... Um,
0: Rooney.
1: Yeah, Rooney Mara. So uh, I feel like it was maybe in America or something. I don't. I don't recall. But uh, they definitely go to a very similar like place, and that part I thought looked the same. But um, I think being in Sweden and giving a little more context about her backstory, that I think I already knew because of the other film, The Guardian, was because of her like criminal record and the uh, the mental un- uh, dis. Well, what's the right word? The unstableness of her mental instability. There you go, instability of her uh, of her mental faculties. That sounds so much better than any of the jumbled stuff I just tried to say. <laughs> um, and uh, that makes a lot more sense to why she has a guardian. They don't think she's mentally fit to manage her own affairs, and it's debatable with some of the things she does in this movie. But
0: I, I found I found some some things kind of interesting like first that whole aspect of the story um because I don't really know how that works or if that's really a thing in America like I've heard of people being assigned like guardians or someone over their finances if it's like a trust fund or an inheritance but I you know I haven't really I and I'm I don't know everything either but you know what I mean and then also when he finally goes to uh, prison jumping far ahead um, it it seems like a pretty chill prison it's you know no bars on the wall he's allowed Mm -hmm. to go into like a general little you know I don't want to say lobby because it you know and talk to her like it just it was very interesting I was like this guy's in prison I'm like what
1: well um, it's it's like i've heard of prisons like that in movies and tv i don't know if they actually exist or if that's just like a a trope. Was the swedish thing um well i've seen it in american stuff too like where it's like white collar prisons where it's like more like a resort there's a yeah. in the office space that's a whole joke because that's what they say and then they're told by a lawyer that like no, no 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 prison's hard no matter where um so i don't know if that's just a myth or if it's real but, uh, yeah, the, it, it, he does not he does look very re- relieved to see her, her. And by the way, when she says he went to prison, she doesn't mean the Guardian. She means Michael Blomquist. Um, the Guardian, yeah, sorry, though, guys. Uh, which mm-hmm. I find uh, in both movies, he's one of the most despicable elements. And that's saying something because there is a serial killer that we'll get to in a moment. But he uh, immediately basically blackmails her that if you don't do what I want, I will give you a bad report and then you will be locked up or sent back to like the mental institution and the every scene with him makes me so uncomfortable i mean he first he just grabs her boob like he just puts his hand down her shirt and then forces her to give him uh oral sex in his office and it's it's they don't show it pornographically but they show it enough to make you very uncomfortable that it's happening um and then she goes to, with an intent to blackmail him herself, and he goes way farther than she's anticipating. Like, she's expecting the same thing. And he knocks her out, handcuffs her, and rapes her. And th- when that happened in the the first, the American version, I was so shocked. It was, I think, more disturbing here. And I, I was, oh, uh, I'm so stunned. But then she gets her revenge, and it's one of my favorite scenes in this film, because... Um, and i think it's a little more graphic here because uh, he has a vibrator um that she shoves up his butt um and they sh- they don't show it show but they show it it, it it's a pretty it wide more than shot I th- yeah i think
0: it, you would expect i saw i wasn't expecting these types of scenes i mean because mm-hmm. i hadn't seen the first one or like the remake so
1: which is why i, I, th- I think fincher is drawn to this type of movie because it is it it's so dark. It's it, um, you know every every man that she encounters essentially is evil, with the exception of Blumquist. Like he's like the one good man, which is why, uh, she's obsessed with him. Like, she's hired but, to like, research him. Low, but,
0: low yeah, he obsessed. She can't let on about
1: that. Well, no, because she's it's the, <laughs> it's technically illegal, but she's done her job. She's researched him, but she's continuing to follow him, um, like virtually follow him like she keeps the hack and she's checking in on him um which is how they end up working together uh because he finds out about it and um i i i love that the obsession is is not because he's handsome it's because he genuinely seems to be a good man and when we see her relationship with men outside of him she's had a lot of reasons to hate men like time and time again it appears that she has just been horribly treated i mean raped uh, assumably her stepfather or her father raped her um it's not said but it's definitely implied and she gets her revenge on him too she does not play around she does not like men treating women poorly um and blumquist i think proves to her that no no not all men are evil um although there are plenty of other examples to counter that uh that idea but um yeah i i really that scene is super difficult and one of the reasons why it's very hard to recommend this movie to people because i don't like movies that have rape sequences in them generally anyways uh, it's hard to get past i don't feel like this one's exploitative um and they they don't show her naked during the rape scene like you kind of see her butt but they, they film it from the side Um, she is topless in other scenes in this movie though which is what makes the rape sequence not seem as exploitative as it could have been Um, and it mostly it it initiates and then it cuts away Uh, it pulls far far back at first where we're we're looking at it from a wide angle um, disconnected which I think we're supposed to relate that she is going to a different place like she's shutting off so she doesn't have to experience it and then we cut away from it um, when she wakes up afterwards and uh, it's 100% disturbing In no way am I downplaying it, but I think what happens later with her getting her revenge and then other moments where she gets to be this heroic figure, I I really, really like the character and I really, um, like the movie as a whole. I think it's just, it's very satisfying with the directions that it goes.
0: I, um, I really like her character too, though, uh, because she is a badass, But she doesn't... I'm trying to figure out the verbiage and how to accurately portray what I want to say. But at one point, he is trying to make excuses for another character in the movie that we haven't even gotten to yet. And she says, don't make out like he's a victim because you choose who you want to be. Yeah. And she lives that. I... I just... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, because uh, he's talking about the, after they discover who the killer is, um, and he's, it's interesting, because he's hired, uh, Michael Blomquist is, at the beginning, um, which, this is a big thing, I don't think in the American version, he's going to jail. He's losing his job because he's been convicted of libel um, in, a, in a civil court, so he's losing his job because reporters, once you're, once live, you've been found to have lied in a in a story, all of your credibility goes out the window. Most newspapers will not keep a writer on who's been um, found guilty of the that particular thing because no one can trust what you write anymore. And uh, I don't think he has to serve jail time in the American version, which is, I'm guessing in Sweden, libel has a jail penalty attached. I am fairly confident in the US it's a civil matter and you just pay a fine, um, a big fine. Oh uh but i'm not 100 i am fairly confident that i did go to school to be a journalist it's been a while since i've studied that but um libel and slander are definitely bad but i don't believe it's to the criminal level um but you would still lose your job which is what happens in the american version but i don't think he has jail time looming like he does in the swedish version but um Blomqvist is discredited i do feel like they kind of dropped the ball a little on like they don't because he does get like his revenge on the guy who because it's a business guy and that guy like there's a lot of implied sub story to that that the the movie i think you could maybe trim out a little bit like the the there's a traitor at the the newspaper and that never feels like we really get like a true satisfying conclusion um because they allude to him being like you know, the, the one got- girl sees the emails. I know he gets fired, but it's it just seems like... Because they had yes. said, we'll play him. You know, we'll, we'll play him uh, against Word. him. And we don't get any of that. We don't see it. Like, did they play him? Like, there's no evidence to that at all. From what we see, uh, Lisbeth is the reason Michael's able to get the guy in the end. She gives him a folder in the, when she sees him in jail, which you mentioned already. She gives him a folder full of information. Um, and he then starts writing and is able to, like, get the guy again. But there's no implications that they actually did anything with that guy. It almost seems like we didn't need to. We didn't need the traitor in the newspaper that he worked at, which I forget the name of now. But um, Millennium, Millennium, especially because the movie's three hours long. You know what I'm saying? Like you trim that out, we we can knock it like ten to fifteen minutes off of this movie. Still have the the main arc with Michael being accused of slander and then getting his retribution by getting proof that the previous article he wrote really was all accurate and it was all this kind of uh, spin, this PR spin that the guy put in. But because Blumquist has lost his job as a millennial and he's a, a really well-regarded investigative reporter prior to the slander libel charge, um, he's hired by the Vanger family uh, to investigate a 40-year-old um, missing person slash possible murder case of Harriet Vanger. And, um, you know, the, the premise is that there was this... The last day we saw her, there was this accident on the bridge, and then she went missing. And the the head of the family believes one of the other family members was likely the culprit who murdered her. But he's received this flower that was her annual birthday gift to him, like in, like pressed in a frame, every year since she's been gone. And he thinks it's the murderer taunting him. And he's, he needs to know... So quest is brought in to investigate. Um and that's where the mystery part really plays in and it goes crazy places, right?
0: Yes. I so when that all started happening I was finally interested. Um when he finally goes to Finger's estate that has five million, you know, homes and family members living yeah. on the property, and I just don't really know if I know like anyone in my family enough to live that close to them, like all of them too. Um but so then I was like finally interested and I found that very compelling. Um and I I did not hate the ending because I felt like I was afraid it was going to go really dark and we were gonna find something out and then it didn't go that way so I was fine.
1: Yeah, there uh, is a happy ending amidst all the dark there is hope um, which is the difference it's not the only thing that makes this not a noir but it's definitely the major change is that it is it's kind of a happy ending everything kind of works out I think there's one element that you could argue is not a happy ending Um, but just to to jump ahead um, the, the reveal that one Harriet is not dead she ran away because her father and brother were evil And we find out how evil, because uh, while she was not murdered, her brother is a murderer who kills and rapes a lot of women. Um, And his father trained him to do that because his father was a Nazi. The father killed Jewish people because he was a Nazi. And he uh, posed them in like these weird religious kind of ways, referencing biblical quotes, um, where this the kid has gotten better at it and disposes of the bodies because he's like, hey, I don't want to get caught. I enjoy doing this, and it's really dark, and it's super twisted, and he's ready to kill Blumquist, and then Elizabeth saves the day. I love how she saves the day, too. I think she's such a badass in that sequence. Um, but then Blumquist finds Harriet is alive, living in Australia. He goes and gets her and brings her back, so you get that happy ending of the reunion of the of Harriet and the, the, the main guy.
0: Afraid that somehow it was going to end up that Vanger, the...
1: The guy who hired him?
0: Yeah, had raped her or something, and then that's why she left.
1: Yes, no. So I was really
0: glad it didn't go that way. I, I suspected him. Really upset when he shows up at her Australian farm.
1: Yeah, well, she because like she, someone caught her. She's lived there in secret for years. And the way it's discovered is really interesting. And, of course, the, uh, the the extra part, Blomquist was not just hired because he's a great reporter. He actually had a connection with that family. His dad used to work there, I think, and they would vacation there on occasion or something like that. And it, I, I think that's an interesting kind of twist. It's not a twist because it's why they went to Blomquist, but it just it adds a layer to why they would hire this disgraced reporter because he needed the money because now he's lost his job. Um that he's a proven solid investigator and he has like a personal stake in this to a degree because he knew and Harriet.
0: His magazine seems a little gossipy. I mean it's it does. not and then it, that he's not going to write about this, I think, too.
1: Mhm.
0: You know? Um but yeah. I thought that it was very interesting about the father and the son both being murderers. Made me think of Dexter. Yeah. Although the dad wasn't a murderer but,
1: um, no, but training ha- his son. Trained him and it has like a kill room very much like something Dexter would have. Um
0: ah oh, and when he says that I had a girl down here when you were upstairs having dinner with me. Yeah. So my skin just crawled. I know. Yeah, uh <laughs> Yeah,
1: he's super evil and that's that's Scar's in the American version and he's so good in that role cuz he's so menacing. Um I I really 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 liked this movie um again the other happy ending part is that blumquist is redeemed he proves that the guy he initially was accused of libeling is uh truly guilty so he gets his job back and he gets his credibility back um and the sad part i guess you could argue is sad is that they don't end up together like Lisbeth is kind of waiting on him and i think she sees him does she see him with the other girl the 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 girl from the millennium
0: but she never came back and i was just hoping she wasn't going to like hold that against him because, you know, he's like, I'm out in a month and a half, and then she just never came back. So well, that's the one thing I think they changed. You know?
1: Yeah, I think that's the one thing they change in the other. Um, to me, when she leaves, she doesn't look upset. She looks more like, okay, like you know, I I made this decision. I kept the distance. Of course, he moved on. I feel like in the American version, she looks more hurt, and it, it was almost more like he chose to not be with her. Where I I the way he hugs her in the prison, he looks like he's so excited to see her. You know, like he needs mm-hmm. her and she's like yeah yeah yeah, this isn't what this is. And I feel like that's the difference. In the other movie, I think that relationship is flipped. I think Craig never needs her but uses her when he when they're together, why not fool around? Where here, it's very much the other thing. I think Lisbeth is, is in control. I mean, after they have sex, she, like, gets up and walks away the first time. And he's like, you're not going to stay? Yeah. And then the the next time, he, like, she's like, why are you still on my bed? And he's like, I want to be close to you. I, I really think that's maybe the American sensibility that the man is, like, you know, the sex is sex and I don't want a relationship. Um, yeah. And again, I don't think it's an American, I, I like...
0: I kind of love that about her character, though. Yeah, me I... too.
1: No, that's... Exactly, that's what I like more about this version. Uh, I think that's the one thing that I think this version does better, is I think they make her more of, like, this isolated... She's...
0: I don't I don't know if it's, like, that she's isolated or hard. I just think that she doesn't trust people, and so she's made her life work without them.
1: Well, and that's what... I mean, like, it's like self-isolation. Like, she yeah. purposely keeps everything at a distance because she's been hurt so many times, and... Um, she doesn't trust humanity. Humanity has, has taken everything from her time and time again. And even, like, I don't remember the scene um, where she goes to see her mom in the American version. It's possible it's there and I just don't remember it. But that was really important to me in this movie of, like, because she earlier tells us she doesn't go to hospitals. Because uh, the one vanguards in the hospital. She's like, I'm not going to the hospital. I don't do hospitals. And then when she goes to see her mom, that it, that's such a more important thing. Because not only does she go to see her mom, who she clearly has a troubled history with because of the dad, but also, like, you know she doesn't go there very often, so that Michael has changed her. This experience has changed her for the better. Like, she's starting to trust again. She's starting to see the good in humanity again. Um, And I will say, uh, having not seen the two Swedish sequels, that Blumquest is a part of the entire book series. Um, It's not just Lisbeth, but I do think the movies center on her... He is in the – different actor uh, plays him, but he is in the fourth one, which, again, in the, the American sequencing, it's the, technically the second movie, but it is the fourth book, so I'm calling it the fourth one. But.
0: Um, and then at the end, when she's living her best life and she gets to withdraw all that money from that guy's mm-hmm. bank account after he commits suicide – I mean did he commit suicide or did she have something to do with it I don't know but
1: (laughs) yeah um I mean what she like the tattoo on him is such oh it's such a cool punishment you know to like I'm not just going to have this video and have this held over you I'm gonna make it where you can never take a shirt off in front of a person again without them asking you why you have that horrible tattoo you know
0: yeah, like, you couldn't really go get that fixed unless you burned your whole stomach or something.
1: Yeah, and you still have to explain to the guy laser-removing it off of you why it's on you. Like, yeah, this uh, this girl I raped got me back.
0: Oh. And can you, like, imagine if he's doing that to her, how many other people he has done it to, like, yeah. over the years? and how many—is
1: he only—is she, like, his only client? I don't get that vibe. I get the vibe he's, a, like, a guardian for many people. And oh my yeah. god, that's horrifying. And stuff like that, man, that abuse of power just really scares me and makes me always worry um that people think that kind of stuff is okay. It's it's so scary. Um yeah. I again, I really enjoy this film. I love the mystery, I love the reveals, and I do I like that it ends on a and the more positive note than it could have it definitely could be a way darker ending than it is
0: and that it was her all those years for how long was she gone like almost 50 years no yeah almost 40 years
1: i think it's and 40
0: years. uh she was the one sending the flowers the whole time uh harriet
1: yes yeah that um that it is uh like she's loved him like it's her grandpa i guess or her right because
0: i think it's her uncle uncle i think that his sister is her mom
1: and her father and brother are evil um and, and she, she missed him.
0: is he and she like the only non-shitty people in that family
1: i mean no one else is like a serial killer though you know what i mean like
0: no but they're all pretty awful like her yeah. mom was like i i just have a really uh i don't even want to say that but I have a hard, I have a hard time believing that your son and your husband could be doing something like that to your daughter, and that you would have
1: no knowledge,
0: no, no idea. Like,
1: well, I, I don't know. Especially when, cause she was they dead. busted her face up, right? But the the mom's dead at some point, right? I feel like her mom was killed. Like, I don't know by the the dad, but I would venture to say that's the likelihood, but, um. I feel like Oh,
0: I thought that one woman that he was talking to and that walked, she walked, he walked her back to her house.
1: I think that was a different sister. There's, there's the oh, family's gosh. big, so, and I'm not 100%, and I have, like, if you notice, I've not referred to any of them by any names, because I don't know yeah. who, um, at all at this point. Like, Harriet, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Henrik, or Heinrich, Fair. is the killer? Am I right? Is that, I'd actually be better if I looked at the American version, because I know for sure Skarsgård was the killer. I don't know the actor in this movie very well so i don't know like when I i'm thought, looking at imdb i'm like i don't know who's who um
0: i thought that he was the guy heinrich was the guy who hired
1: them oh, oh my god i forgot him. too heinrich is christopher Plummer um in the american version he's an amazing <gasps> what? yeah so uh stellan skarsgård is martin wenger so oh, martin god. is the killer i know watch it and um yeah you definitely need to it's it's got such a great cast um and it's it's uh Oh my god, I've said his name a hundred times now, I can't. Da- uh, Fincher, David Fincher. Um, you, I mean, Fincher did Fight Club, Gone Girl, Seven, um, Zodiac, The Game, I mean... And Alien 3, which is... Some people hate, some people like. Um, most people don't blame Fincher, though, for that one. Um, Peter Haber is the Martin Vanger character here, and then... Uh,
0: oh, that's the brother.
1: Mm-hmm, that's the the killer. But, um, yeah, I, I like so much about this movie um and I, actually i'm trying to remember because the head of the the paper is also somebody famous in the american version oh it's robin wright duh what yeah i'm telling you Corey, you got to watch this freaking movie it's great i, I know you just watched it's it
0: two and a half hours
1: yeah it's a little shorter as than the to version three. we just watched um but i I, least, I really like, liked it
0: when this, like, like I said, when it got going, I was super into it. I did have to break it up into three viewings because oh, I, I was busy last night, but.
1: I did it in two, but yeah, it, three hours is long. Um,
0: I was I like thinking, John, I could have watched two movies.
1: I would have preferred to watch it all in one sitting, but I wasn't able to get woo! to it fast enough um, on Tuesday night. And so I had to push it uh, to Wednesday night as well, Um And, again, I was trying to cram stuff into Wednesday Night. So I was, like, I watched some of it while I was cooking dinner, like, on my computer. And then I watched the rest of it uh, in the normal environment. But I was, like, trying to fit it all in. But um, you got anything else you want to say before we give our ratings?
0: Mm, No.
1: All right. For me, it's a must-see. I I love both versions of the film um, so much. And I really, really – I don't have a – I think the one, if I was gonna have to pick one, I would say go with the Swedish version, mainly because I think they get the relationship with L- Lisbeth and Michael better than the other version. Um, I think Lisbeth should be the one who isn't as invested, and I, I, I don't know if it's Craig who maybe is just too cool, like and too Bond, like he's too James Bond. Um, he's yeah. just like, I don't need you. I can get any woman. Look at me. Where Michael Ninquist is like, yeah. I don't think he can get anyone he clearly can get women he's a confident intelligent man but he's not like a stud like no offense to him great actor but he's not like look at him and compare him to daniel craig like craig is a freaking specimen you know um and he's bond like bond is a sex symbol like that is I know, not for everybody but that's what bond was always a sex symbol he's like that's the whole character is built around the idea that he has to be good looking and suave and charming and so, I don't know. Craig just I don't, and I I don't I could be maybe I'm misreading what's happening there. But I feel like lisbeth seems way more into him in that version. Where here, I feel like she is almost in awe that he exists because every other man she knows is horrible, and he is he appears to be good. And I think she's like wants to be near him to to find out if it's true. Can a man be good? And um, I think she restores a little bit of hope in her throughout the course of the film. So I say must see. What do you give it, Corey?
0: I'm going not quite Golden Pony Boy.
1: That's what I kind of expected. And that's still a pretty positive rating. So I'm happy with that. Um, We have one more movie left in our originals, uh, which um, I'm excited about because we almost didn't do this. And it was such an obvious choice because Corey struggled. She had to pick three movies for this month and she was having a hard time uh, finding originals that she hadn't seen already um, for remakes that she had seen. So it was right in front of us because earlier this year, Corey watched True Grit, the Coen Brothers film, for the first time during our month of Jeff Bridges movies. And it's great. I love that movie so much. So it only makes sense that we neither of us have seen the John Wayne True Grit. And that's what we're going to be watching for the last original film of the month, um, so if you want to watch that beforehand and send us your thoughts on the movie True Grit, or if you've already seen it, because Corey and I have not, in fact, this will only be my second John Wayne movie, um, hit us up on social media. I am at Burke Reviews, and Corey?
0: At Corey, our star, two R's on the end.
1: And if you like what we do for this podcast, please rate and review us. It helps new listeners find us. Um, in fact, our other, another podcast that I do, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast with, uh, Matt from What I tonight.co.uk uh, it's been a monthly podcast for the first year that we've done it, but starting just this week, uh, we are going to do mini episodes, um, probably one to two times in between our monthly big review episodes, where it's just Matt and I reacting to movie trailers that have come out since our last episode, um, any big movie news, like this this first episode we talk about the Sony uh, revoking their deal with Marvel to let Spider-Man be in the MCU. Um we hypothesized about a thing that now has been 100% proven that the Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor reprising the role was supposed to be a movie. They canceled that. Now is going to be a series on Disney+. Plus. So if you didn't have enough reasons to get Disney+, and you're a fan of uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, get ready, because there's going to be a TV series. must see that. Um, that said, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Berk Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com
0: Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse There's something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.